Hi everyone, it's me, Bankole Mokwede from the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I just want to let you know about a new Spotify feature. If you like this show, or maybe you hate the content but want us to succeed because we're such swell guys, you can tap the bell icon on our show page. That way you get notified about new episodes, and then you also start following us. All the latest episodes from the shows you follow can be found in the What's New feed on home. And this comes in handy because we're going to be covering Succession from now till like the end of its season, every Wednesday. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also follow us and please rate and review. Enjoy the episode. Is it just me and you? Yes, it's just you and I. Why, you don't think you can record without a year? I don't like that guy. He was, he was holding us down, to be honest. Holding us back, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm of course your host, Bankole Mokwede. And today we're going to talk about Succession Season 2, Episode 5, The Retired Janitors of Idaho. And then we're going to talk about some other TV shows, including the pilot of Mayor of Kingstown. And of course, today I'm joined by a good friend who I've just managed to catch in the middle of his lawsuit against both Greenpeace and Save the Children. It's Victor Dama. <laughs> that was actually very funny. When <laughs> Tom's, what's it called? His delivery is always, always insane. I didn't see that yeah. coming. He's like, oh, Greenpeace, who are you going to go after next? Save the children. Yeah. How are you, Victor? It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. It actually has. I mean, you don't like to invite me. I don't know why. Well, you know, I like. I don't know what I did to you. Your um, flash takes kind of have to have a bit of repercussion. Like, we can't just be inviting you back with those kind of takes. First of all, my takes, my takes are always good, and including when you never, said women shouldn't write. Never, I'm, and I'm never wrong. Including when you said women shouldn't write, and I'm never wrong. <laughs> okay. Again, I didn't say women should never write. What I said was people should stick to what they know. Oof. Okay, that's what you're gonna say. That's the who you're gonna die on. That's fair enough. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we're going to talk about Succession later in this episode. And also, Mayor of Kingstown premiere. But before that, Victor, have you seen... Are you watching last, the, the Shrink Next Door? I'm not even going to lie to you. I do have it on my list. I have it on my laptop, actually. But I haven't gotten around to it because I am a month behind on my shows. And... Yeah, when you say you have it on your laptop, you mean as in you have it queued up on your Apple TV Plus yeah, subscription? Yeah, yes, because, yes, yes, exactly. Because exactly that's the way that. we watch things. Yeah, obviously. On my, you know, Apple-issued MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so The String Next Door is a show that premiered last Friday. It's based on a podcast, I think, of the same name. It's written by Georgia Pritchett, who is also a producer and writer on Succession, along with, like, V and all those shows. So, she has good pedigree. It stars Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell, Catherine Han. Saying all that, it's not a comedy. Um, it's about this relationship between a man in the late 80s, early 90s, and his therapist who they begin to have this kind of weird relationship, I guess is the best way to put it. 
Um, I've only seen two episodes, so I haven't really formed my opinion yet, but I'm very intrigued, and those are performers that I like, even if they're not doing comedy, so I'm intrigued to watch the entire series. So, for anyone who's looking for shows, The Shrink Next Door is on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm sure there'll be uh, a hint of comedy in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean... It's going to be it's going to be hard for them not to utilize like their strength. Mm-hmm. When you have like three very good comedic performers in those people, you have um, some supporting casts like Casey Wilson from like Happy Endings. Um, it's written by Georgia Pritchett, like I said, who writes on Succession, which is one of the funniest shows on TV. She wrote on Veep, so like, yeah, I think it's not going to be a dark drama throughout. I think there'll be some some parts that are comedic, but yeah, that's just a little recommendation there we might give another one later in the episode but we're here to talk about fucking retired janitors of idaho the fifth episode of succession's third season so victor obviously unlike myself obiora and every other person has been on this podcast in the past maybe four or five weeks you've been succession you've been this first five episodes literally today yes unlike rest of us who have been watching who have been watching it weekly how has that experience been? Did you think, did you enjoy the show a bit more? It was, it was a roller coaster um, from beginning up until where we currently are. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy the show, but I don't know if I'd say if it's a bit more. I think I prefer to watch it weekly as opposed to everything at once because that um, cliffhanger effect, I think is what the show thrives on. Mm-hmm. So it kind of loses the tension for me. You've actually kind of timed it a bit well. If you're going to like binge, because you've been like obviously the first half and you're going to watch the last half yeah. weekly. And I think the, not to be like, oh, Netflix has ruined how we watch TV or whatever. But like, I think people have begun to underestimate the, just the feel of watching things weekly. And that kind of, because I remember when like WandaVision was coming out, people were like, has Marvel figured out how to release TV? Like, WandaVision is releasing once a week. This is groundbreaking. I'm like, no, it's not groundbreaking. This is, this is how, this is how TV used to happen. This is how TV has always been. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. Like, I, I obviously wasn't one of those people, but I remember when, cause I think I was around you guys, cause I don't watch the show at that point. But I remember when, um, I, I guess spoiler alert for a show that stopped airing like eight years ago. But I remember when, um, Will Gardner died and Good Wife. Good Wife. And then, you guys obviously waited a whole week for the last call episode, which is probably one of the best episodes the show ever did. And it's just like sometimes just, I don't know, Breaking Bad, when um, Hank read the thing in the toilet and we had to wait, I can't remember how many months to like, yeah, like sometimes you're right, that cliffhanger thing is important in, in TV. But yeah, no, I think like, I, back to the original point, I think, yeah, I think people underestimate just the importance of watching things once a week. And I don't, I'm not really, like obviously for Netflix shows, you do it because that's how it comes out and you don't want, by Monday, everybody's talking about the spoiler. Like by Monday, everybody's talking about the end of you and I'm like, oh shit, okay, I need to binge this thing. But nowadays, I'm actually looking forward to things that are dropping weekly. Apart from that, it doesn't take like all your time to watch the entire season. I can just watch it one hour in a week, go on my life and think about it and think about what happens in the next episode and stuff like that. But anyway, Succession. So this is your first time on the podcast talking about succession. So we'll just do a quick few entry survey questions, just simple stuff. Who's your favorite character? Is that your, is that, is that, (laughs) I was quick. 
I don't think I ever asked the question before you gave the answer. Well, we'll talk about your boy in that case because I don't know if this was a good episode for your boy, but we'll talk about no, him. No, no. Um, at this point, I've disowned him. And, <laughs> like, how can you be so down bad? Like, nothing is just going, nothing is going right in his life. Actually, you know what? While we're here, let's actually just talk about Kendall because I had this theory in one of our earlier episodes was a very on-the-fly theory, but it was kind of like, I said, maybe Kendall's best role now was as like a chaotic agent. Like he was like the Joker in succession. Like he just came in and just made shit worse. And like this episode, he's a chaotic agent. Like he comes in, he's shouting at them that they should save the deal. And these guys are trying to figure out how to keep Logan's mind intact. I think that that was hands down one of the best revelations that Logan was out of his mind. Oh yeah, don't and... worry. We'll spend enough time on that. We, I, trust me, we'll spend enough time on that. And then when, in the end, when he's walking on stage, and I'm literally, I'm saying out loud, Kendall, don't do this. Kendall, stop. Like, when Carl is like, Kendall, no, 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 no. And just, that's the kind of chaos, I think, like, I think maybe now, like... If there was, if there was ever going to be an ad or a campaign person for kids, don't do crack, it would be Kendall. <laughs> I mean, we still don't know if Kendall is on cocaine this uh, this season. I mean, the show has never been shy and showing us that Kendall is doing coke. Like, so like he might not. Even I, be... I, I I feel like at this point he is just acting off of the last few brain cells he has. Yeah, it's just natural cocaine, man. <laughs> uh, Saliva and adrenaline, like because yeah. I'm just like I don't. I, we haven't seen him do coke once in five episodes. Like, if he was on coke, I feel yeah. like the show would have shown us by now. He would have. He always starts off the scene as as if he's going to he's on top, like he's in control mm-hmm. of everything. This is he has this shit in the bag, and then he gets to the end and he's just a mess, <laughs> like losing every which way. But again, it goes back to like I don't know if his instincts is maybe because we know he has good instincts. I don't know if his instincts are just pure luck, but like it works out for him. Like his PR people are like it's trending well. People are like reacting positively to the fact that you mentioned the foundation or that you went on stage and just called this, the victim's name, which was obviously like just a PR stunt, but it's working. So I don't know if it's like he has great instincts or it's just luck, but for now it seems to be working for him. I have this theory that um, it could all be a plan for something bigger later on. And then at the same... What could be a plan? Like the way he's acting, acting the moves he's trying to make, mm-hmm. and like it might not be like a plan and an act. At the same time, it might not, and he might just be a full blown, just be a full blown fool. Creating the on the spot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, there's something there, and it, it um, connects on that character that we'll talk about later in the, in the podcast. But like, he's when Logan tells him last episode that we have last episode being episode four that we have Greg. He's so calm. Like, he's like, as if it's part of the plan. When he's talking to Greg this episode, he's not even like, he doesn't mention the papers. Yeah, he's just like, you get, yeah, it's like everything is good according to plan. It's a bit, you get, so it's it's a bit like, weird. It's a bit scary. And then even when he, when he, when he walked on stage this last episode, I thought he was about to make like a big ass revelation and he yeah. was on top, basically. And then he started calling out the victims' names and I was like, this can't be why you're here. 
what the Romans say that someone should step on his balls. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what he does in the next few episodes because he says something earlier in the episode where he's like, if my dad lands a deal today, it strengthens his position, which means Logan's position is strengthened in the end of the episode. So I'm just like, yeah. what does Kendall now do to... Because everybody has... A lot of people have complained that they haven't seen Kendall like take the next step since after he did what he did last season. Like, he's not pushed on. He's not... He like puts in the knife and he's just holding the knife in the same spot. He hasn't twisted. He hasn't pushed it in anything. So I'm intrigued. What what are the what what are what are the next steps for Kendall? Is he going to offer someone up as red meat? Is he going to release the papers? Does he have the papers? So it's like what what does Kendall do next? When he made the when when Kendall made the the OJ the OJ joke, I was like, damn, bro, you, you getting cocky? <laughs> you getting cocky? Okay. I was like, I told you I've never killed anyone. Oh, fucking Kendall, right? Like the things that the way Kendall describes himself, I feel like the writers must enjoy writing Kendall this season because it's like not even a joking when I was talking to Stu was like, yeah, Puppet Master out or Puppet Master is on his way. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, when did you say like, calm down? I was like, eagle out. I'm like, Kendall, what the fuck? Um, back to our entry survey questions. So, obviously, your favorite character is Kendall, even though you're in the process, process of disowning him. What's your do you have a favorite episode? from the first two seasons? Um, favorite episode, it has to be, I think last season, the last, either the last episode or the second to the last one, where the episode where um, Tom told Shiv that... Um, that was the finale, yeah. That was the finale, where he basically poured his heart out to her and said those famous words and I was like, damn. Yeah, and as a soft boy, I'm sure that that really, that got to you, didn't it? You were like, you were as like, this who? is not. As a soft boy. As we a what? Hard out, we hard out here, you know. We... Nah, don't, you don't have to hide it. You? People see your Instagram. They know the truth. Um, I'm full of you. Um, <laughs> that's, not, that's not how Instagram works. I'm going to have to block you then. <laughs> but yeah, I think so the finale, the finale episode, from like the shots, the scenery, the dialogue, mm-hmm, the bombshell mm-hmm. at the end. Nah, it was, it was because we didn't know no one, no one. There's nobody that can say they saw what Ken was about to do. Come, bro, I did like, not see. I'm nobody. Just like, I'm so happy I watched that thing live. I had to like rewind. I was like, I had to go back and watch it again. And like, when he says "but," I'm like, oof, okay. Okay. <laughs> I remember just going to Twitter and Twitter was a mess. And these people yeah, that were watching it, was, it obviously. It was a, yeah, it was it was a madhouse. Um so that was that, that is that was my best episode. Which what which was yours? Um well I have a theory, which I think I I, I maybe I said it on one of the first few because we did a couple of episodes where we went over seasons one and two before the season started. And I think there are there are three points in season one where people get hooked onto the show. And it depends on what for what reason you're watching the show. So the first point is you could get hooked in pilots in the first episode, which is like because you realize that these these people are so rich and so debaucherous. Like when you see Roman do that thing with the kid, you're like, oh okay, I'm strapped. I'm ready to watch shitty white people just do shitty rich white people shit. That was not what hooked me for. Like I was like, I liked watching that. That was not hooked for me. And I think the second point you can be hooked is episode six, which is the board meeting when Kendall tries the coup. 
I think then you're like, uh, okay, so I'm watching like a that was a that was a good one. Yeah, you're watching a, it. You're watching chess moves, and I think that's the second point people can be hooked. And I think the third point you can be hooked is <laughs> at the bachelor party. By the time Tom is swallowing his own load, you really should have been hooked on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point, you should have been like, wait, wait, wait. Um, I want to know more. <laughs> How yeah, so for me, hooked? I don't know if it's my favorite episode because, like, I love a lot of episodes of this show. I love the safe room episode in season two i love the turn turn haven episode i obviously love the finale i love the time that they go to congress so like i love all these episodes congress was going to be my next yeah so i don't know what my favorite episode but i think episode six of season one is definitely my most like influential that's a word that's the episode that's when i got hooked that's when i was like uh okay a big casualty of that episode was was frank when he gets fired by logan and i mean if you're watching the show, you know that Frank has been fired and rehired several times. But Frank had a stressful one this episode, like on stage, just trying to say all the words in the dictionary while these people um, were trying to figure out stuff. I remember when um, when he tries to introduce Carl and then Carl is giving him all this terrible news and just Frank just <laughs> keep on laughing. Like, he's like, oh, uh-huh. hmm, okay. He's like, oh yeah, much ado about something. But yes, yeah, so obviously Carl has to, sorry, Frank has to vamp on stage because there's so much indecision going on. Not indecision, so much chaos. Well, yeah, that's actually right. Chaos is a better, there's so much chaos going on in the back room. And that's because these guys are trying to settle with Sandy, these, both Sandys and, and Stewie. And Logan is being very indecisive. And he, interject, can I interject real quick? Yeah. I have never seen a bigger snake than Stewie. Why? Why? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why is he being a snake? Why is he being a snake? I I, I just feel like he's so two-faced. Like, one minute he is buddy-buddied up with Kendall. The next yeah. minute, he actually wastes no time in, in double-crossing Kendall. Like, yeah. every, I mean, yeah. in every instance, he's... Whatever, what he did to Kendall in season one, terrible. In every instance, Kendall ha- and it's like Kendall doesn't learn his lesson. <laughs> it's like he, you know, when you're, you're in a relationship and you just keep seeing red flags, red flags, red flags. Yeah. Well, I don't know because I'm smarter than that, but but I, I've heard about I've heard about these red flags that you talk about. Well, they're looking like six flags to Kendall, and <laughs> okay. he's just he's just enjoying the ride at this point. Well, okay, but in this case, though, in this particular episode, Stewie doesn't do anything all too shady. Like, if anything, Stewie and Sandy, Sandy the girl, are on the same page. Sandy the man, Sandy the father is, is being a bit of a, of a of an asshole. Because, like, someone asked me, like, why is Stewie, like, even talking to Kendall here? Why doesn't he want to go to a vote? But, like, Stewie is only here for the money. Yeah, Sandy the dad wants to take the company from the Roy's, from Logan. Stewie just wants the money. And the best person to get the money is via settlement. So Stewie's trying to make the best I don't think there's anything different in what Stewie does with Kendall this episode with what Sandy does with Shiv at the end of the episode. Like, it's just, let's make the best deal here that works for all of us. Those guys care about the money. It's the older Sandy who is who cares about um, winning, beating Logan. But Frankie is obviously vamping on stage because, like you said, there's a lot of chaos going on. And there's a lot of chaos going on because Logan has become the piss-mad king of England, as Roman would say. Logan has a UTI, and apparently, when when you're his age, if you have a UTI, it affects your mental faculties, which is a very good thing to know. I'm happy Succession has taught me that, because I did not know that. Do you know what 
this whole sequence reminded me of. What? And I I hope you appreciate it because I hope you remember this. What well, it reminds me of Veep season four, episode one. Do you remember when so when Selena had to give the State of the Union address, but Gary had taken away her glasses and the teleprompter wasn't working. Shit, I remember. So like Selena is trying to vamp on stage and there's just all this chaos going on <laughs> back. That behind the scenes. That was actually that was actually that was Frank, really. Um <laughs> Frank, Frank, then Jerry. I don't know how Frank kept the party going. Um but Jerry 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 had like an out. She just she put the monitor to just run and then she did. Speaking of that monitor thing, it was very funny because when Carl is going to announce that he that they've reached a deal, right? So the monitor is playing, and then the three, the only three women in the company are speaking. So that's Jerry, Carolina, and, and then Shiv. They are speaking, and then I think Shiv says something like, um, "We care about women." Something like yeah, that. we care about women, and then it's immediately and cut off by Carl. This is so funny. I'm just like, this is so funny. I can't. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's so funny, man. Yeah, so that it really reminded me of that Veep episode. And like I've talked about Veep so much on this in this podcast, but like it's just the fact that like these guys are just bumbling, these guys don't know what to do. And Logan being pissed mad. I think the that that part was just was pure genius from when he said tell them to fuck off and they were excited and then they told them to fuck off. <laughs> 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 I like when they were trying to pinpoint when Logan started losing his mind. And then Connor was like, oh no, he gave me Europe cable. And then she was like, oh no, 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 he must have been mad at that point. Like, there's no way he gave you that when he was cogent. Can we just give him some cranberry juice and ask him about the deal again? Just asking for Caroline. Oh, fuck, he's pissed mad. No, but, you know, he was he was in really good shape when he offered me European cable. When did he say that? Because he was definitely out of it when he said that. No, he was cogent at that I point. I can guarantee you he wasn't. It sounds like he's been out of it for a while. Okay, you know, we don't actually know that, okay? What about the phone call he took? Maybe the decision he made is the right decision. We actually oh. don't know when he went piss mad. We that, don't know. No, that could have been anything. That could have been robocall or fucking yeah. urologist. No, no, no. I suspect that he's been piss mad for quite a while. Oh, oh do you? The fucking Hercule Poirot of fucking piss over here. I think it's funny because... At the point, I was actually, I wasn't sure. At the point in time, I was like, okay, I think you guys should not listen to this guy. But then, mm-hmm. again, I was like, I think he's a genius. Like, you guys should actually <laughs> listen to him. Then we, have, we come to find out that he's actually lost his fucking mind. <laughs> because he he says, I think he was like, because at the first when he was like, um, tell them to fuck up. Like, why they, why they want to, why they want to talk now? Like, what do they know that we don't know? It's very similar to, I think, in season one. When he tells Roman, like somebody comes with a good, a very good deal, and he tells Roman that they are smiling. It's never a good deal if they are smiling. So that's very like in line with with Logan's philosophy. So like you're right. You're like okay, maybe it's just maybe it's no more Logan. And I just think like the pessimist thing is so good because it works like because of his age, right? Yeah, we know yeah. because of his age, he gets a UTI. He doesn't get the right pills. That could happen. But it's also not something that like can permanently keep him out of the game. That's actually very funny. Um, because when he walked into the building, his assistant yeah. actually gave him the pills to take. Yeah. And because there are people around, he put it away. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even tell Colin. And he would always tell Colin this. Like, he's so embarrassed that he didn't even tell Colin. Because if Colin, because he, he was like, he asked Colin for the pills. 
But yeah. Colin thought he just meant like Advil. The pills were with him, not with Colin. Yeah, exactly. I know. But like, if Colin knew about the UTI, Colin would have known to give him the pills. When, 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 he, kept, when he kept asking like Colin for the pills, I was like, the pills mm-hmm. are with you. So at that point, I started thinking, I think he might have dementia. <laughs> yes. Which is what I'm trying to say, which is why Pissmad is so good, because like it works for yeah. this scenario, and it works because of his age. But it's not something as like serious as dementia, where you're like, it affects for the rest of the of the of the of his life. Right? We can come back next episode and nobody talks about it again. Like so and it's yeah. It's such a good writing technique. Like it's so funny in the moment. It's also quite important because he could have sold off his entire company <laughs> because he had a UTI, which is just so funny. <laughs> Imagine oh, his biography, they were like, yeah, he lost control of Waster Royco because he had a UTI. <laughs> Um, guys, he, he says he still needs to make his speech. Uh, what, what do you think? Can he do the speech? Can, can, can he do he? the speech? The demented fucking piss-mad king of England? He could say anything. He could tell everyone his Barbara Streisand. No, I think we have to, we have to drop it, right? Okay. But at the very least, he should be on stage. It would be great to get the body up there. He's, he's concerned there is a dead cat under his chair. Oh, great. Okay. Is there anything uh, under his chair? Greg. No. Oh, okay, great. Get that to Yeah, he seems insistent that okay. uh, he says that uh, he doesn't want Rose to see it and he wants Colin to take it out. Uh, fine, have Colin take it out. Okay. Good. Thanks. Thanks, Hugo. Thank you. And then when at the end he catches, he got his mind back and it just starts going off on shit. Honestly, Shiv has actually been at the worst end of the stick all season. And it's strange to me. So, there's a lot of Shiv hashtag discourse on the internet, which I'm not even about to get into. Like, I have my... I definitely... I feel like Shiv is being powered on the internet, but I'm not even going to get into that because that's like a whole episode on its own. But in this episode, like... Do you know what this episode reminded me of? This episode reminded me of season one episode three when kendall sells part of the company to stewie to obviously save the company yeah and it was the only thing they could do like the company was about the the bankers were going to come and reclaim and it was the only good solution and then logan calls him and calls me a fucking idiot right like he expects that logan is going to like praise him and like well done and calls him like a fucking moron or something for doing that and obviously long term yeah logan was right because stewie was working with sandy but yeah nobody knew at the time yeah, and like what what Kendall did was the only responsible thing to do at that point. And I think in this story, it's as if he also gets threatened by competency. Like when he sees one of his kids actually be competent, he wants to fight back. Like for example, he's he's been anti Jerry for the last three episodes, right? And then this episode, where look, if you're looking at it objectively, Shiv does a very good job. This episode, Shiv, she does manages to save everything. And then Logan, who again. It was his fault. Like in season one, it was he first of all he was sick, and then it was his fault that his company was in that situation. Yeah. And he's pissed mad. <laughs> when <laughs> that's what happens when you're friends with Mo Lester. <laughs> let's not we, 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 if we bring up Mo, we'll not finish this podcast. Let's, let's not, let's not. But yeah, like again, it's very similar to when he when he insults Kendall for doing the reasonable and smart thing. In this, in, and now all of a sudden he's friends with Jerry all of a sudden him and Jerry are best friends when he was basically insulting her two episodes ago like Carl who was Carl and Frank who were very like eh with, with Shiv last episode like they are supporting her ideas this episode like they're supporting her when even when Logan is not in the room like 
it's just like it's just Logan, man. Logan is. I can't, somebody said it. One of our guests said like he plays like hot potato with this whole CEO thing. And it's just like when he sees somebody's even doing a good job, just removes it and just. And you're so fucking jealous, aren't you? You're so fucking jealous of what you've given your own kids. You can't handle it. You can't. You you, you can't work it out. Logan, man, what, what a terrible person. But uh, while we're still on Logan. There's something he does, obviously, this episode where he tells Kerry, his assistant, to block Kendall's number forever, Yo, whatever he said. Oh my god! Um, so that whole that whole outro was just cold. Like it was as when he tells him that he wants to talk to him. Yeah, and then the assistant comes to say he just left, and then he's calling his dad. Like he's like block his number like forever. Yeah, I'm like, my god, that's your son, like. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I think I think that's gonna be very that's like an important thing to like the larger picture. Obviously, yeah, he's blocking his number or whatever. Obviously, that's important. But like it also gives kind of like his current mindset. Like, let's remember that Logan called Kendall at the beginning of the season and was like, Okay, that was a good play. Well done, son. Now nah, let's fig- let's figure this out one on one. I think that he always had room for kind of like a discourse, but now we're blocking the number, he's like, No, that's it. Like even when Kendall, remember when Kendall tried a coup and he fired Kendall, he didn't block his number then. Like, this, this seems like a a serious a serious step. The demented, piss-mad king of England, man, Logan Roy. There were points in this episode where I thought that this guy might actually lose control of this company. Like, it might actually go to a vote. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. There, was, there, there, were actually, there, were actually, there were points when I did think the same thing up until... Logan told them to fuck off, and I was like, no, this thing is in control. Let it go to a vote. We got this. So, as part of Logan's piss madness, if that's, if we can call it that, um, the president calls directly to these guys. I love when Kerry is like, the president is on the phone and he wants to speak, and Frank is like, on that phone? Now? He's <laughs> like, don't you? <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently the, the president is stepping down. Or rather, he's not going to run for a re-election because the media, namely ATN, has blown his his mental pro- not problems, mental deficiencies out of issues. Yeah, out of proportion. Is and this segue into Connor, the only one person, <laughs> the only person who is happy about it. Connor said, "Boom shaka." Honestly, I I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know where Connor is going to. I don't know what Connor is trying to do. Oh, I don't even know. Like maybe they're about to do the primary. So like, I don't. Connor is not going to win the primary. I don't like. Even if the president is not running again, like Connor is not going to win the primaries. Like Connor is not going to become president. But it's just so funny that he's like his son. Remember, he was like, "Can someone talk to the president?" He was like, yeah, I'll talk to that little bitch, the president. <laughs> I think Connor has the best usage time on this show. Like. Connor can be in an episode for five minutes and have the five best lines. Like, he's just <laughs> incredible. But, yeah, so, uh, the president isn't running, which means these guys have, they've lost their, kind of, their, their influence in the White House. So that, 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 that can actually be, like, another move for, for Logan, where he decides to now actually put Connor on so Connor can, he can, Connor can win. And I thought about that, but I don't in. think, I don't think Connor has it. I don't think Logan has enough power to make Connor president. Like I don't think like like I think he would need to have like mind control powers for that to happen. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see where they go with this. 
Um, so obviously we mentioned him a bit earlier in the episode, but let's just touch on him a bit. Greg, cousin Greg, McGregor, as kind of called him. And just how bad will the burning be? I mean, even as I ask that, I can tell it's not going to be. Yeah, Greg, what were you expecting, man? Like, I don't know. I feel like Kendall is not is not the asshole in the situation. Like, if you're going to leave him to go to Waster, I guess he's going to have to burn you. You're the one that knows. You know the plan. You know how this was working. I don't. I don't know how. I don't. Honestly, I don't know what Greg has been thinking all season. This season, he's been letting me down left, right, and center. Wait, what, do you think so? Why do why, why do you think he's letting you down? I he. He's got. He's he's basically been burnt by every single person, and now this is episode five. He's trying to like save face, like. But he's in a good position with Ray, Waystar though, because he's got himself a good deal. Yeah, but he's 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 lost his inheritance. Yeah, but that's not. Yeah, he's lost. He was gonna lose that. Yeah, yeah, he's lost. That's a lot. That's because what was it? It was two hundred fifty mil. It was a lot. I'm helping your grandfather transfer the entirety of his estate to charitable endeavors. What's, what, what? I'm giving all my money to Greenpeace, Greg. Um, what, even my part? That was the first part. Why, what, why is that the first part? I mean, how, how do you, how can you tell? First of all, can we just shout out what looks like a budding romance between Greg and Comfrey, who is the PR, PR lady. Greg is in love, man. He spent forty k. He spent forty k on a watch that doesn't work. But yeah, I, I wonder if this might be a pivotal point or episode for Greg. Look, it might be something that we'll never talk about again from next episode. But his uncle's words really seem to like cut deep. Well, no, sorry, it's not his uncle. His his grandfather. His grandfather's words, like when he says, "You need to take yourself seriously." Yeah, that's probably the most quote unquote emotional or dramatic acting that. Nicholas Brown has had to do on the show, but like you could see that, like that was serious to him. Like not only just taking away the inheritance, but like because even the way his, his grandfather delivers it, like I don't know if that would be something that maybe Greg looks at going forward and everything. Because Greg, your life is not a bagatelle. Because you are putting yourself in the service of a monstrous endeavor. Because. Because you need to take yourself seriously, kid. But yeah, as we talk about Greg, should we just quickly talk about Tom? Yeah. I know this is this is something you do, isn't it? You you try to to track their their cycles so you can because you're most fertile. You're you want to say you're most horny when they're most fertile or whatever Tom said. <laughs> I'm not saying you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. But um. <laughs> but but um Tom man Tom is down bad. Um Siobhan is straight up evil. I think Shiv Shiv is exactly like her dad. I mean, yeah, on on the whole, Siobhan is terrible is evil, but like in this particular situation, is she? Like Tom is the creepy one in the situation, like right. I mean, Tom Tom is creepy and he is trying to he's trying to be a bit controlling. He's trying to impregnate her so that when he comes out of jail, he'll have a child. Yeah. That is like... <laughs> I think it's just his little way of securing his 
part of Waystar. Yeah, he wants something to look forward to when he comes out. He wants something to like believe that this is why I'm sacrificing myself to go to jail for the future of this kid and everything. And I get it from his point of view, but it's still creepy. Like he says, what did he say? He says, you're trying to make it a creepy thing, but it's not. Yeah. Tom, what did you expect was going to happen? Also, he's just trying to get shift to show him that she, she does love him, which she's not giving any vibe. Like she's not yeah, giving him but also this is, that's not the right way. Like tracking her cycle is not the right way to get that information. Uh, but yeah, I, as always, like every episode, I'm just always excited to see what happens going going forward with this character. I think this is the first time, obviously, you're you're waiting this season for a week to see what happens next. Yeah. We didn't get, I thought we were going to get Alexander Skarsgård this episode. So I'm assuming we'll get him next week. So I'm excited for that. Um, I think it should be, it should be an interesting, interesting new addition. On this podcast, you wouldn't know because you haven't listened to this podcast this season. And that's, I'll allow you. The additional spoilers. And I did, I did listen to, I did listen to your first succession, like podcast. And I was really hurt that you didn't, I wasn't part of it. But I guess well, you're we'll, here now, aren't you? I'm. This is like your sloppy seconds. Um, no, it's not. I plan things. Yes, it is. Don't even like. No, no, no. Don't do this because I. I... <laughs> but I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Huh? I want to validate your emotions. Won't be the first time. Yeah, that's true, but you also hurt my feelings, so... Uh, never have I ever. Um, ooh, it's okay. I know, off the air. We'll talk about it off the air. Anyways, I like to have a Jess Connor on this podcast, right? Because I love Jess, and I think Jess is very underappreciated. Also, all the listeners, all five of them, are meant to have been tweeting at Juliana Canfield, that's the actress that plays Jess, to get her on the podcast. But they don't want to do it, and I don't know. But anyway, in Jess Connor, this this episode, um, Kendall basically bullies his nanny to let them feed the rabbits. Quick trivia question. What do you think rabbits eat? Lettuce? Oh, yeah. No. That's, most people like ask, say, say carrots first. All they know is what Disney has fed them. But do you know they don't eat carrots at all? Like I said, is Disney propaganda. I was personally very surprised to learn that. Like the, like, the reason people think they eat carrots is because of Bugs Bunny. That's why I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just trying to give the history. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. I can't remember the year, but like Clark Gable, who is like a very classic um, Hollywood actor, he had a movie where he was like talking very quickly and he was eating a carrot. So then Bugs Bunny was Warner Brothers, by the way, not Disney. Bugs Bunny was... Potato, potato. Well, true. They're all multimedia conglomerates. Anyway, Bugs Bunny was modeled after Clark Gable in that scene. That's why Bugs Bunny talks very quickly and then they had him eat a carrot. Obviously, over the decades, people have just assumed that rabbits eat carrots, which was me for a while, actually. But anyway, um, he basically bullies his nanny to let them feed the, the rabbits a bagel. And I think... What is the funniest thing I... Why? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you can tell your daughter, no, don't feed the rabbit. Like, it's not that hard to tell her, no, it's not that big a deal. Jess's face in that, like, I think, I can assume that a lot of black women will, like, empathize with that, with that look. I think anyone who's, like, told their boss something was, like, 
obviously wrong and he still went ahead to do it who empathize with that look anyone who has like <laughs> listened to their parents say the obviously wrong thing will empathize with that look like she's just like oh my god obviously this is what was gonna happen like it's just i i burst out laughing when they, when I, they showed that as scene. the as the season progresses she is getting more and more frustrated and over I wonder if she just goes home and she's just like, I mean, she probably has like three hours sleep because Kendall is a, is a maniac. But like, I wonder if she just goes home and just like, just maybe she doesn't even tell her boyfriend about her job. Like, it's just like, she's just like, I'm not taking that home with me at all because what, like, what have I just, <laughs> they're like, oh, what do you do? What do you do today? Oh, I did FaceTime with a rabbit and, 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 and his five-year-old, six-year-old kids. Um, that's Jess Connor, as always. Yes, tell Juliana Canfield to come on this podcast. Like, she does have a she has a nice face. She does have a nice face, but she's also a very great actress. Feminism. Hashtag feminism. Um Victor, do you have any final points on succession before we wrap up with succession episode five? I can't wait to see what the season has in store. Yeah. I really do hope Kendall has a plan. <laughs> um and Logan needs to stop fucking wrong because it's not helping anybody. Okay, so before we wrap up completely, um, there's a new show that premiered on Sunday, Sunday night. I'm just going to give you just a spoiler-free, not discussion, because Victor hasn't seen it, but just like, I don't know, premise of the show. So the show is the latest entry in, I guess, what we call the... You can call it a Tesco value, your honor. Okay, okay. Let's let's calm down. I knew you were gonna say something stupid like that. Let's calm down. I didn't I not bring up your thoughts on your honor. Like you know you're not getting second season, by the way. Hey man, we predicted it. I hope they listen to our podcast and run but there's, and run with our ideas. There's no way they're using our ideas, but I hope they like we actually did predict it or we hoped that they would do it. Why wouldn't they use our ideas? We we dropped some we dropped some pretty solid Yeah, some good ideas, ideas. on that. Now they're gonna stay. I think I think the boy is going to be alive still. That or they are going to switch Victor, it up and do like. If I watch the first episode and the boys are alive, I'm I'm turning it off. I didn't. Mind. <laughs> Did you, no, what I didn't I'm mind. saying is they might they might now like play it as like a completely different cast, completely different. No, story. no, no. Brian Cranston is returning. Oh, okay. The boys are alive. Yeah. <laughs> the boys survived to pay for his crimes. Um, I mean, like, like obviously, I think it was Ayo that suggested one of the ideas in that podcast, which is like, yeah, I think it's just Brian Cranston versus Michael Stuhlberg. Forget, forget about the song. Forget about the kids. The kids are just bogging things down. We don't want to see that. But Dama's thing about Tesco Value, Your Honor, is very, very wrong. But it's the latest entry into this kind of like angsty, uber male kind of um, genre, subgenre of drama. So how can I explain that properly? It's the shows where it's we were not bad people, but we did a bad thing, quote unquote. Or I had to do this to survive. Those, those kind of shows. Like I'm not, and I love those shows. I love Your Honor tried to be that show for most of its. But I think the best part of of its season was trying to be that show. I mean, it's kind of like the shows like um, Bloodline from from Netflix or even Ozark stuff like that. So it's just kind of like really masculine shows for. For better or for worse, those are like their guiding principles. And now this show um, is written by Taylor Sheridan, who obviously wrote Sicario, 
He wrote and directed Those Who Wish Me Dead, the Angela Jolie movie that came out earlier this season, this year. He wrote and created Yellowstone, which is like one of the biggest hits in America. I think like 8 million people watched the premiere for season four. And it features Kyle Chandler, who people might know from Friday Night Lights, also from Bloodline, um, also featuring Jeremy Renner, Diane Weist, and some other character actors. Kyle Chandler and Jeremy Renner kind of run the town in a way that they keep all the gangs happy, they keep all the prison gangs and all the inmates in prison kind of happy, and they try to settle all, all beefs, but not in like a, a mafia way. They're actually very beloved in, in this town, and they don't do it for much money. So it's just like they try to keep the entire town from boiling over. And I've only watched the first episode, two episodes came out, and it, it like, look, I've described the show, and if that's something that you think works for you, I don't know, tune to the show. Don't tune in for insightful um, what they call it, discussions about race in America or the prison complex. That's not why we watch those kind of shows. But yeah, it looks like it'll be fun. Some things happen in the first episode that are quite interesting. And that's my spoiler-free premise of Mayor of Kingston. Go watch it eh, and make up your mind if you like it or not. I'm not here to tell you what you like. I'm just here to tell you what's airing. I saw the, I saw the trailer. I'm actually excited to see it. Yeah, yeah. It's produced by Taylor Sheridan and Antoine Foucault, who obviously directed Training Day. Um, it's, I think I, I think I will enjoy. I think I will enjoy majority of the season. Let's just see how how good the rest of it turns out. And yeah, Jeremy Renner, who I think is a good actor when he gets the right material. Okay, Victor, any final thoughts in general? So the next time you're back, you haven't given any weird takes. So maybe it took me too long till you come back this time. Thanks for having me. Um, see, uh, if I think Ayo is the issue because Ayo is always you think he brings out the bad, the, the bad parts in you. Yeah, and he's always coming here with his subpar. Um, his takes are always stupid. Wow! Like just like his take on like how can one child be so misled in life? But um, uh, so, I mean, he won't hear this because he doesn't listen to, to my podcast. But because he has it, this taste is bad. Oh, that's cute. Thank you. But um, but yeah. Um, thanks for having me. Can't wait to be on again. Um, hope sooner rather than later because knowing you, maybe we'll talk about the finale of Mayor of Kingston if you ever get around to watching it. Only because knowing you, you like to use and discard your friends. Wow. Well, that's neither here nor there. That's a bit. Do you want to go offline and talk about that? That's a lot. Anyway. Uh, oh, now you want to talk. <laughs> okay. I don't know where this is coming from, but okay. Um, thank you to everyone who's listened so far. Uh, I've managed to uh, keep up with Victor's pettiness and his his anger. I don't I don't know what I did to him. Um, you know what you did to me. That's true. I do know. Shout out to. You guys, all our listeners, shout out to my regular co-host, Obira George Fiacho, who isn't here today, obviously. Shout out to our producers, Ibuka Namani, my social producer, Chinedu Heji. Shout out to my guest today, the retired janitor of Idaho, Victor Dama. And yeah, man, shout out again, as always, to Succession. I'm being just such a great charm. I'm enjoying this season so much, man. Um, four episodes left. I'll be back next week to talk about episode six, titled What It Takes. 
Um, it's direct. It's written by Will Tracy and it's directed by Andre Perek, who has won an Emmy for Succession. So that's exciting. He directed the um, Ball on the Floor episode. So excited to have him back directing Succession. Yeah, man. Everyone, take care. Have fun. Enjoy Succession. Watch Mayor of Kingstown. Watch. Um, the shrink next door. Don't tell me that you don't have shows to watch. I'm giving you shows to watch. Watch them and figure out if you like them or not. Watch Nine Perfect Strangers. Watch Love Life. Love Life. I want to watch Love Life. Have you watched Love Life season two? I haven't started yet. You would. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Bye, guys. Watch TV. Have fun and join us next week. We will be joined by Oscar winner, non-retired janitor by the hood, Daniel Kaluuya, and maybe Juliana Canfield. Bye, guys. You're going to say bye? All right. Bye.